from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it is said he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts that he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. Our second reading comes from Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 15. We set sail, this is uh, speaking of apostles and evangelists, Paul and Silas are on their missionary journey. We set sail from Troust and took a straight course to Samothrace and following that day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was being said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're talking about gifts. Gifts of the Spirit. And we have a sense of what it means to be gifted or skilled in something. So we're going to look a little bit about what exactly that means. But I was struck, uh, there's a new trend on TikTok. And it's usually young women who call up a man in their life, their dad or their brother, and usually this person is some sort of 
uh, skilled laborer. And they call and they say, I've, have you heard of this company, ExxonMobil? Have you heard of this? Uh, they have just hired me to become an underwater welder. And so they're telling this loved one in their life this news to see what their response will be. And I've seen various videos. Um, and there's one, there's this sweet father, and he says, honey, honey, you don't know how to weld. And you're also not a strong swimmer. <laughs> this isn't for you. This, this is not for you. There's many things you're gifted in. This is not it. Find another job. Yeah? So you get the sense that there are some things that we're cut out to do with others that maybe don't come as naturally to us. I know for me personally, uh, things that I'm gifted at, I hate the question, icebreaker question, tell us a fun fact about yourself. Because I always feel like I'm not fun. I don't have, I don't have fun facts. When I was a young adult, I was a camp counselor. We'd have talent show nights. And uh, I always dreaded talent show nights because my gifts and skills, they don't lend themselves to a talent show. Right? So I had a friend who was a beautiful singer, and she would sing for the campers. I had a friend who was great at yo-yo, and he had these whole routines with tricks, and he would narrate, and they were kind of jokes. It was very clever, very entertaining. Um, and so I would joke, I have no talents. I have no talents, which isn't true. It's not true. But when we think about our gifts, our talents, our spiritual gifts, there are certain gifts and skills that automatically come to our minds, and there's other ones that maybe we just miss, or they're not as visible. The letter to the Ephesians encourages people to live a life worthy to the calling to which they have been called. We've all been called. We've all been given gifts of the Spirit that enable us to follow our call. And if Ephesians lists certain gifts, some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, all for the equipping of the saints for ministry and building up of the body of Christ. Now we can try to pick these apart. So how is an apostle different than evangelist, different than a teacher? Uh, and I'll be honest, some of the nuance I think may be lost to time. I don't know that we're ever going to have a direct uh, definition of what the letter to the Ephesians meant with these, of how they're different. But you get the sense that there's this variety of gifts that are listed because it takes all kinds of gifts to build up the body of Christ. We don't need just Paul. We need people with a bunch of different kinds of gifts for the church to be built up. So we need my friends who can sing and lead us in worship, and maybe even we need someone with yo-yo to bring joy to us all. But we also need, like, my administrative skills, which are not great for a talent show, but do, in fact, help, right, as we try to bring together the body of Christ. In our scripture passage from Acts, we get a story about Paul and Silas. So these are the people we think of when we hear from Ephesians, right? Our evangelists, our apostles, our teachers, and they're going on this missionary journey. They're sailing, they're visiting, they somehow know who to talk to, preaching, and people are converted. 
And we know these names of Paul and Silas and Timothy, but who we don't hear a lot about is Lydia. So we're told that they go to where they think people are praying, and it's the women who are there praying. So I just want to point that little piece out. The women are there praying. And Lydia was already a God-fearer, so she already had some connection to a sense of who God was. And we are told that God opens her heart. God gives her a spiritual gift, and she receives the Spirit. She gets baptized. Her whole household gets baptized, and we kind of gloss over this, but the fact that Lydia is in charge of the household, she was maybe a pretty important woman. Uh, and she says, you have to come stay at my house. She says this to Paul and You have to come stay at my house. And she's giving them more than just a soft place to lay their head or nourishing them with some meals. Because what we might gloss over is that without Lydia, without her inviting Paul in, they're probably would not have been a gathering place for the people of Philippi to worship and to learn. Without Lydia, we might not have had the Philippians, the church in Philippi. So she also has a gift. We don't talk about that one as much. We talk about Paul, the evangelist, the missionary. But there are, takes all kinds of gifts for the body of Christ to be built up. And so I wonder... What kind of spiritual gifts you may have? The letter to the Ephesians tells us there's one body, there's one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and yet each one of us is given grace. Each one of us is gifted in some way that we can be of service to God and to serve one another. So who you are, your personality, your experiences, your abilities, your understanding, God gives you to use the uniqueness of who you are to be a part of God's work here on earth. Now Ephesians gives us a specific list, but there's other letters, there's other places that we hear about different gifts, and through the series you'll hear more. There's gifts of knowledge and wisdom, gifts of leadership and courage, gifts of artistry and music and prayer and healing, and so many more. Once we begin to open our eyes to the possibilities, we may begin to recognize that even if our gifts don't look like what we admire in other people, if I can't put on a talent at the talent show, God is still gifting us and using those gifts as well. So how do we identify these gifts? So I mentioned last week when there's a call, there's an inner sense and an outer sense. Sometimes other people can help us notice our gifts. So this dear sweet dad was saying, underwater welding is not your gift. There may be other gifts. Um, so other people can help us. Um, but there's ways that we can reflect as well. There are, I think, some things that confuse us about our spiritual gifts. So last week I mentioned that just because it's a call from God does not mean it will always be easy. And so sometimes uh, we have gifts, but it's still challenging to do whatever it is that we are trying to do. 
So uh, just because God has given us a gift for building up the body of Christ doesn't mean we don't have to work on it to develop it. So to me, it comes to mind our musicians, Joe and Chris and Soren and Aaliyah, they clearly, yes, have gifts. But also, before they showed up to worship today at 10 a.m., they practiced. And actually, they've spent years developing those gifts. So the first time that Joe had sat down at the piano, if he would have said, I'm trash at this, he would not be able to use his gifts for the building up of the body. We have to practice. We have to develop our gifts. There are things that we can do to strengthen them and enhance them and make them better. We actually even heard about Jesus. Even Jesus had to work on his gifts. So when he was 12, he was sitting in the temple. He was listening. He was learning the scriptures. He was engaging in dialogue. He was figuring out what he believed and how to preach and how to teach. He didn't just go off into the desert his whole life and come out a fully formed preacher and teacher and healer. He had to develop those gifts, even Jesus. So I wonder what gifts you possess that could be strengthened by using them more, by practicing and honing them. Now, I think there's another way we miss seeing our own spiritual gifts. And it's that we assume if it's a gift from God that we and others will always see it as a strength. But sometimes our spiritual gifts come in surprisingly packages. Sometimes it's the person who has experienced being left out, being on the fringes of the community, that has the best gift for helping others to feel included. Maybe it's someone who has a physical limitation who is then able to be more patient and more caring with others who are struggling. A, few, a couple years ago now, it was the first series of Amazing Race after the lockdowns for the pandemic, um, our family was watching, and there were a couple of contestants that were Presbyterians, so we were invested. The Holdernesses, Kim and Penn, they do parody videos online, um, but they talked about Penn and how he has ADHD, and that means sometimes his keys are in the refrigerator. He loses things. There's certain jobs that are very hard for him. But in the amazing race, his ADHD became his superpower. Because when he had the right motivations, he could hyper-focus and be fully invested in details. So he was in this challenge that was like so much information. And the, the guide showed it to you, and you had to retain it. And then you had to do so. I can't remember. You had to put it in the right order. Or you had to remember which were the things that they told you and which were the things. And even me watching it, I was like, oh, I would be in big trouble. But he did it the first time. Because the way that his brain was wired became his superpower. It became his gifts. So sometimes we have gifts and we'd rather not have them. We'd rather not have to go through whatever it is that was a challenge, but it actually is a way that God is allowing us to use our experiences and our personality and our skills to build up the body 
And it is a gift, even though maybe we perceive it as a weakness or someone else sees it that way. Now, there's another way our spiritual gifts can, can be disguised, and sometimes it's when we have something that's our strength, but we use it maybe too much. This might seem counterintuitive, but um, think about someone who is great at organization. Maybe you know somebody like this, right? They're very good at organizing things, but they use it maybe too much, and then they are not having the flexibility they need when things don't go as planned or if things don't get put back in the right organizational structure. Right? So we can, we can have an intensity to our gifts that we have to figure out how to harness and dial back. Or maybe somebody who has the gift of mercy, but this gift of mercy makes them feel so strongly they get worn out by being around people. And they have to learn how to temper that and to use that so that they don't get burned out um, by trying to be um, caring of other people. Or someone, maybe you've known someone like this, maybe you've been someone like this. They have the gift of knowledge, but then that knowledge puffs them up and they see themselves better as other people. So there are gifts that we can either need to develop and strengthen, or there's gifts that sometimes we need to rein it in a little bit, temper it, balance it out. Um, but these are all gifts from God that we can learn how to use. There's value in taking time to think about our gifts. And how those gifts might be used, not just for our purposes, but to serve God. We might be surprised to find out that God is able to redeem parts of ourselves that have been a challenge to us, or a thorn in our side. But for God's purposes, those challenges become an asset. In prayer and reflection, we might consider our gifts and think about how we can use them to the best of our ability, which might be bringing them in. Or we might realize, hey, I've got this nugget of a gift. It wants to sprout. It wants to grow. But I need to develop it. I need to work on it. Right? So if I have a gift of mercy, I might need to learn how to best use that um, so it's helpful and not causing problems for me or for someone else. We sent out a spiritual gifts inventory to you all in the e-news on Friday. If you missed it, you can go back in. We've got paper copies here. But your homework for this week is to think about how has God gifted you? Where are your strengths? Where are places that could be developed or harnessed? Because God's desire is that we would build up the church that we would grow in love of God, but also one another, that we would strengthen our relationships, we would strengthen our witness, and we need each one of you to help us in this process. So God is gifting you. God is calling you. Let us continue the journey, considering how God's gifts may help us be better servants of our God. Amen.